0: Bridge toll, California customer service
1: number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford
0: Focus. Thailand cave rescue operation.
1: What is schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California.
0: Best Western hotels.
1: How old is Ronaldo? What
0: happened with Big Brother? What type engagement? How long before gift? a wedding should I send out and save the dates, How many games in the first series? Use of IMAP
1: to check find email on other email clients, Identify fonts, fonts from where to, to find four the best driving style.
0: Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro. And today we're going to talk to one of my favorite SEOs about the recent shift in his career focus. Joining us today is Kevin Indig, who is the director of SEO at Shopify, which is the leading omni-channel commerce platform, enabling business owners to design, set up, and manage stores across multiple sales channels, including web, mobile, social, marketplaces, brick and mortar locations, and pop-up shops. Shopify currently powers over 1.7 million businesses in approximately 175 countries and is trusted by independent business owners and brands, including Unilever, Allbirds, MVMT, Kyle Cosmetics, and many more. I'm pretty sure my favorite brand, Miles Apparel, is a Shopify user too. Yesterday, Kevin and I talked about e-commerce platform optimization levers, specifically what Shopify is doing to make sure it shows up highly in google and today we're going to continue our conversation talking about some seo secrets for shopify store owners and this podcast is also sponsored by hrefs what if i told you that you could monitor your website's seo health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs sounds too good to be true well it's not because my friends at hrefs just launched hrefs webmaster tools So check out hrefs Webmaster Tools at Ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's the second part of my conversation with Kevin Indig, Director of SEO at Shopify. Kevin, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast.
1: My pleasure, as always.
0: Always a pleasure. Hey, you know, I want to start off today by talking, before we get into some of the secrets of Shopify, I was perusing around kevin-indig.com. And I have to say, with the photography of the site, you've got this perfect look of a little exposed chest hair, the big muscles, the fresh haircut. You know, who's your tailor? It's a beautiful website, and it's where somebody can find you do this podcast, you do this YouTube channel. You never talk about this stuff, man.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. I should talk about it more. To be fair, I did just relaunch my website. It looked super ugly for way too long. And then I finally engaged a, a serious designer and coder uh, or developer better said to... Uh,
0: I engaged a personal trainer. I made sure the packs look good. I got my <laughs> photography done. And then I found the web designer, right?
1: It's like for a wedding, you know, like you, you look really good. It's one moment in your life. And after that is your belly and all that.
0: Little does everyone know, not only are you a world-class SEO and leading the SEO charge at one of the biggest e-commerce platforms in the world. You're like an amateur model as well. Kevin, is there anything <laughs> you can't do?
1: Way too many things, but I, I typically just boast about what I can't do. So right, that's well, let me, we summarize that here.
0: Good. Let's talk about what you do best. E-commerce SEO, that's, that's kind of the flavor of the month for you. So what should Shopify store owners be thinking? Actually, I've been trying to talk to my head of content production, Todd, here, he's got a a brand that's on Amazon. It's a surf product brand. product called the Slip It, which helps people get their wetsuits on and off without you know ripping the ankles. And then a a surf mat that uh helps people keep their feet clean and and keep all their gear clean when they're changing at the beach. And he's on Amazon. It was like, it's hard to find those products because people don't necessarily look for Slip It or Surf Mat. You need a Shopify store. And then you need to run some Facebook ads because you could target surfers. Let's say that Todd goes ahead and does his SEO, does his uh, Shopify store. What does he need to know about SEO?
1: Yeah, definitely has to be on on Shopify. No brainer. But I love that you bring up this example and it applies a couple of important steps. So when it comes to SEO, there's this all this work that you want to do before the actual SEO work and then this work. That is the actual SEO work. So before SEO, you really want to think about your niche. You really want to think about what are you actually going after. You want to do some market research. And this is one of the biggest mistakes that I see merchants make, why they fail, is they want to become the store for sneakers, right? Or for t-shirts. And that is just unrealistic because there, there are already so many incumbents out there and everybody wants to enter the space. So yesterday or in our last interview, we talked about the importance of the long tail, right? This concept that online there's basically barely any niche that is too small, right? You can sell, If you can sell to, if you have a small market you're going after, right? Online, there's a higher chance that you find 1,000 people around the world that will actually buy this than offline. So you want to think in terms of niches, small areas or blue oceans, right? Spaces that are not yet taken, products that are new and interesting, and think about the keywords that you can go after in that space, right? So instead of sneaker, maybe it should be something like, I don't know, fake fur uh, sneakers for men. I'm completely making something crazy up here, right? But
0: I think they call it faux fur, but yeah, go on.
1: <laughs> that exists. F-A-U-X. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> here you go. But yeah, so think about a, a niche product and a niche that you can go after and dominate. That is the first part. Second, when it actually comes to SEO, there are a couple of table stakes that you want to do and then a couple of things you can do on top. So table stakes, you make sure you're on a, on a paid Shopify plan You make sure that your SSL is activated so that you have an an HTTPS in front of your domain to make it simple, right? Which means a secure connection to your domain. You also want to make sure you have a custom domain. It gets way more clicks and or better click-through rate and it appears more seriously, quote-unquote.
0: Todd here needs to make sure that his site is secure, the SSL certificate. He needs to buy redwoodsurfco.com. All right, we're in a good place with the domain, he hasn't set up the Shopify store, but let's say he's got that done as well. What's next?
1: Right. And by the way, SSL comes out of the box. You just need to activate it in the settings uh, with Shopify. And so next, you want to start with your product and your collections page. Quick primer, the collections page is basically the category page. If you have only one product, you don't need to worry about the collections page as much. If you have a whole set or um, portfolio of products, then it's a different story. Now, when it comes to your product page, you want to make sure you have really high quality product images with all text That's the SEO part, right? You want to make sure all tags are optimized. You want to make sure you have a lot of descriptive content on that product page. And you want to make sure you have reviews. And all of that is important for SEO, right? Especially the reviews part because you can use apps in the App Store for free to add schema markup to those reviews and get nice little rating stars in your for your search results
0: Now let me ask you a uh, question that maybe is going to get us into hot water here or at least me on Amazon, When you're trying to get reviews, they're like IP matching and they're basically trying to do everything they can to make sure that your reviews are legit, that they're actually from people that bought the product, not people that you know, not, hey, mom, go buy my product and then give me a five-star review. They want it to be the randoms that are organically creating reviews. Shopify store owners own their store. So for lack of a better term, what's stopping fuckery? With the reviews, why can't I just go and get 35 people that I already know to write glowing reviews as opposed to having to have it be organic conversions?
1: That's a very good question. Um, And by the way, a little bit of that, not to badmouth Amazon so much, right? But it's, it's a known problem with any review sites as somebody who has worked at a review site, which is G2. I know firsthand how much kind of shenanigans are being done there. And we have a couple of different apps on the App Store that help you gather reviews. And they all allow moderation, first of all, to to stop spam from appearing on your reviews. But then could you technically fake these reviews? You could. It would take a lot of technical effort because you would have to modify your theme. You would have to basically create these reviews at scale And then I think it can also come up. But you can go ask your
0: mom to review your product and you're still getting a legitimate review from someone else. You're not writing the reviews yourself. I think that's really the thing that I am the marketer in me, the, the gray hat SEO in me is like, oh, cool. Reviews are really important to Google. I can go write 50 of them myself and hand them to 50 contacts, have 50 reviews And I don't actually have to wait for 50 people to buy the product to start getting the SEO value.
1: You could do that. And honestly, I think that happens a lot. Happens a lot also on like, maybe like a Yelp or Google My Business. However, the thing is that if your mother, you know, likes to surf and is in the target audience of the product, then I think it would even probably be a good idea for her to write a product review. She's tried it out. However, usually the reviews where people say, oh, I love the product or had no problems with it or something like that. They Sure, they impact your rating when it comes to the Google snippet, but they're not that valuable for users, right? So in terms of conversions, they probably don't contribute much in terms of traffic, they might. So if I were to do that, I would at least make sure that the reviews are somewhat relevant for the readers, because otherwise, you might get a bit more traffic, but it doesn't convert as well, because they don't get the, the kind of promise out of the reviews that they saw being made in the search results
0: all right so write good reviews when you're canning your reviews anyway all right so you you (laughs) need your security certificate you need to have your own domain you're going to get some reviews you're going to make sure that you put a lot of content on your site be as descriptive as you possibly can this all seems like table stakes time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor previsible so you're looking for seo help and you got a couple of options you could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on google That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Talk to me about some of the levers that you can pull on Shopify to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward with Google.
1: Yeah, how can you tune that beast? So one thing, there's a lot of gains to be had in the command center of your store. And so what that means is you want to install Google Search Console, you probably also want to install Google Analytics. But one thing that I see most merchants not do that can be super helpful is to also install the Bing Webmaster Console or Bing Webmaster Tools, I mean, which comes with a lot more out-of-the-box information, also makes your content more available or easier available on Bing, if you like. And on top of that, I would urge you or suggest you to install Microsoft Clarity, which is a free session recording and heap mapping tool to really understand where visitors pay the most attention on your store and where how they behave, you know, how they browse through a store and what they do. So Microsoft Clarity plus the Bing Webmaster Tools plus the Google Search Console plus Google Analytics should give you all the information that you need to generally understand how quality the traffic is, how people behave on your site and where they might get stuck.
0: So I guess the big question for me is great, you know, a brand like Todd has, you know, one, two products. So there's only so much content that you can put on the page. And, you know, if I want to grow SEO as a traffic, there's the notion of I want to create a content site, right? I want to be able to write uh, blog posts about surfing and trends and review other gear. How much should I be focused on creating supplemental content? And is there a place in Shopify? And this is where, you know, kind of like Shopify versus Squarespace or, or other website platforms where it's like, easy to create lots of content, hard to do the e-commerce. And so you can, you know, build high content site, high volume of content sites, but you you know, you have a hard time actually selling your products. And then with Shopify, you can build a million products and optimize the crap out of those pages. But you know, what's the the actual content stack look like? Should people be building supplemental blogs on top of Shopify?
1: Absolutely. And it's not just blogs, right? I think like today, I saw a really well-optimized store and I love their content strategy because they had customer success stories. They had like real, actually like really good customer success stories, not something too bake, like actual people. They had really good blog articles and it covered some cool statistics and listicles, like five ways to do X or, you know, like just the statistics around the post, which works really well. And they had buyer's guides, which are also really, really important, right? So they had the perfect kind of content mix for a merchant. And that's how you really attract backlinks organically, but also rank for very important top of the funnel keywords, which ultimately lead your people to buy from your store. So these are three formats that I would go after. I would create that on the the Shopify uh, shop functionality. You could theoretically, if you wanted to go crazy, you could reverse proxy a blog based on another platform, but I think you get 95% of the functionality you need from the Shopify blog. So I would go after content and specifically these three formats.
0: So let's talk about some of the technical optimizations within Shopify. You mentioned, you know, connecting your analytics and understanding what's happening and what content you're getting and which platform it's coming from. When you think about making some of the changes, Google's rolling out core web vitals. I need to make sure that my site is fast. I need to make sure that my pages aren't popping around all over the place. There's all these sort of like little technical elements. Is there anything that Shopify store owners should be thinking about in terms of technical optimization, image sizes, all this other like the little details that, you know, the SEOs think about, but the store owners don't?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the three key areas that they should be focusing on, the one is just speed in general. The second is sitemaps. And the third is schema. So when it comes to speed, there are a couple of apps that do that for you. But for e-commerce, one of the most important points is to cache and compress images. And we can't like publicly call out specific apps, but if you just Go to the App Store and Shopify and you look for image compression or speed. You'll find a lot of really good apps with reviews. They're all real. They're all vetted. But uh, that's what I would do as a first step, right? And they will help you make sure that your image don't take away too much speed and that a couple of other things are in place as well. And that will cover 90% of your base when it comes to speed and core web vitals.
0: There's a plugin infrastructure into your Shopify store that can help you address page speed. And the biggest issue is the imagery that you're loading. You're not actually doing like cumulative layout shift optimization. It's more just making sure that your images aren't sinking the boat.
1: Exactly, exactly. Because when it comes to Core Web Vitals, which are three different metrics, cumulative layout shift is rarely applicable because there's not a lot of, there's nothing really dynamic happening on Shopify stores. And then largest contentful paint, I think that's where a lot of, e-commerce sites get stuck because images take so much, quote unquote, bandwidth away uh, and it's so hard to overcome. So with the caching and compression plugin, most, or app, as we call them, you get a hold of most of the problems. And most apps do both. They compress and they cache at the same time. And that will get you 90% of the way.
0: All right. So page speed, you mentioned was the first one. What are some of the, what were the other two technical elements that Shopify store owners need to consider?
1: Yeah, XML sitemaps, very simple one. And of course, it scales with the size of your store, right? The more products you have, the more important it is to have XML sitemaps. Another functionality that you can solve with apps, with free apps or plugins, and they do most of the things automatically. So you don't have to do much, just basically install them. And then the third one, that's an interesting one, is a schema, right? And so for schema, we already talked about reviews and how important it is to have review schema on your site. By the way, you can implement that right into the liquid code of the theme, which is if you want to get super technical and hacky, or as always, there are apps and plugins for you to solve that. And so there's a couple of different schemas that are important in e-commerce. The most important one is review schema. There's also product schema, which shows more product information directly in search like the product price, availability, shipping, and all that kind of stuff. So if you're super non-technical and you listen to this, you'll find someone to help you on the exchange marketplace. But there are also some really good tutorials out there to show you step-by-step how to do it.
0: Yeah, I think for you know the, the newbies into SEO that are listening to this podcast, trying to get caught up. Schema is essentially the way that you're going to format the data on your website to make it easy for Google to not only understand what it is, like, you know, what are the items related to your products, pricing, size, shipping costs, et cetera, and and give it to Google in a format that they can use and, and ingest easily. Am I thinking about schema the right way?
1: Yeah, it's like a dictionary for code.
0: Right, exactly. Okay. Kevin, I think at the end of the day, when you're launching the store, you know, we talked about my head of content production, Todd, you know, he's going to go through, he's going to upload his images, put his plugins, make sure everything's compressed. How much should Shopify store owners be thinking about SEO? How much should they be, you know, focused on other channels? Where does SEO fit into the priority set in terms of marketing for Shopify store owners?
1: Such a good question. My suggestion generally is that you want to run a tandem strategy where you focus on some paid channels to get quick traction and build a customer base. You also want to focus on SEO because it's a long long game, right? It's the long-term that you invest in. It might, if you start from scratch, take a couple of months to see returns, but it's also the most cost-efficient channel out there. So I think realistically for most merchants, SEO is probably secondary, maybe even tertiary, depending on the product itself. But when it comes to long-term cost efficiency, it should be absolutely the number one. It also matters what you do outside of these channels, right? It matters if you get press coverage, if you have ambassadors of your brands, if you have influencers, if you get a local buzz, right? All of this goes hand in hand. And the better you understand to do all of this at the same time, the more you get out of each of those channels, but it also takes most of the work and effort, right? So if you're like a small shop, a small brand, I would say, First, build a customer base with some paid ads and then invest in SEO on the side. And as time goes by and your shop grows, the investment in SEO will probably increase while the investment in paid ads will be steady.
0: Yeah. And, you know, for the Shopify store owners who are like SEO, I don't understand. Look, create a bunch of pages, put a bunch of content, listen to your customers, making sure that you're answering their questions. As long as that content is somewhere on your site, Google generally will find it ingest it, and hopefully start sending you traffic. All right, Kevin, it's always a pleasure to see you. Congratulations on the new job. Congratulations to you and Shopify on all their recent success. Let's hope the stock goes up for all of us. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Kevin Indig, director of SEO at Shopify. If you'd like to get in touch with Kevin, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Kevin underscore Indig, which is K-E-V-I-N underscore I-N-D-I-G. You could visit his personal website, which is Kevin-Indig.com, where you can find his growth memo newsletter. It's a once a week newsletter and also links to his tech bound YouTube channel and podcast. All good stuff. All right. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is BenJShap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning.